Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today, we're going to take our reflection on the person and work of the Holy Spirit a little bit deeper. We're going to explore what the Holy Spirit's like. And I think it's really important for us to stop and consider the question, not just who is the Holy Spirit, but what what's he like? Uh, what kind of characteristics or char- character traits does the Holy Spirit have? That's where we're going to go today. But before we get there, I want to circle back to something that we read on Monday. In John 14, beginning in verse 15, Jesus says something really, really important about the Holy Spirit that I think needs to be reemphasized before we look at these characteristics of the Holy Spirit's person. Jesus says in verse 15 in John 14, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray, and then we're going to jump in and think about what the Holy Spirit looks like, feels like. What's he like? Father, I ask you to help us today to think deep thoughts, true thoughts about the Holy Spirit, God, both out of this passage, but also, Lord, just generally, we want to know what the Holy Spirit is like so that we'll know when the work of the Spirit is manifesting in our life, what it feels like, what it should be like. So help us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And that gets right at the very core of Christian belief. Christian belief tells us Demonstrate your love for God through obedience to God. So to be Christian means you're not just able to think sublime thoughts or even just think about truth. We have to live truth. We have to live our love, if you will. And these are really strong words from Jesus, actually very challenging. And we all as Christians have to contend with this integration invitation from Jesus. But what that does when Jesus says to us, if you love me, you'll obey me, it opens us up to a trap, and frankly, it's a trap that a lot of Christians fall into. We hear a statement like, if you love me, you will obey my commandments, and then we just simply oftentimes get busy trying to be good in our own strength. And this effort-based faith or works-based faith or sin management comes by lots of titles, totally wears us out, and frankly, it doesn't work. And so it's no coincidence that directly after telling us to demonstrate our love through obedience, Jesus then begins to speak about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And this is because the Holy Spirit enables us to love and obey. And we oftentimes pick one or the other, don't we? Um, We know a lot of Christians who are marked by love, and yet maybe they're not high on obedience. And then conversely, there are a lot of Christians out there that have a kind of grim white-knuckled life with God, a legalistic life with God that don't feel like they're giving themselves space to love. We're supposed to love and obey, to live integrated lives, and the Holy Spirit is the only one who can help us do that. 
And so whether you find yourself on one side of the continuum or the other, I think that the Holy Spirit is here to help us integrate our lives in a new and real way. So let's look at what Jesus would say about the Holy Spirit. I think that it's really important for us to actually think about the character marks of the Holy Spirit, um, the the sort of essence of the Holy Spirit. It's not enough just to know, well, the Holy Spirit is real. Now we have to think, well, what would the Holy Spirit be like if he were working in my own life? So I have a lot of experience in the arena of the Holy Spirit and the charismatic, and they're not all good experiences. For me as a young Christian, I, I, I really did um, engage a mixed bag with regard to the Holy Spirit. I saw lots of excesses error even, um, heresy, but then I also witnessed the powerful work of God. And those two things left me feeling pretty confused. You know, in my own youth, in the more kind of charismatic side of the church, I saw the Holy Spirit uh, be blamed for lots of crazy behaviors. People would attribute to the Holy Spirit things that didn't feel good or right at times. Um, there was a lot of emphasis in my early days of Christianity placed on gifting, spiritual gifting and spiritual experiences over and against the cultivation of character and spiritual discipline. I've seen people burn hot and then forsake their faith. I've seen moral failure and scandal. But at the same time, seeing all those excesses, I witnessed the Holy Spirit move in undeniable and unmistakable ways, supernatural ways. I come from the vineyard background in the church. That's kind of my ecclesial home, if you will. And I watched God work in ways that are undeniable. I saw God set my parents free from a life of addiction and bondage uh, to drugs and alcohol. I watched the Holy Spirit do something that, um, that no rehab center would have been able to do in the way that it happened. And it was unmistakable. I've also seen the Holy Spirit heal physically, emotionally, people set free from uh, demonic oppression. I've seen God through the power of the Holy Spirit do wonderful and supernatural things, things that frankly I cannot and will not try to explain away, powerful signs of God at work. But here's the sad thing. We're called to embrace a both and, right? That spiritual experience and spiritual gifts and character and spiritual discipline, these things are both relevant. And yet so often within Christianity, we try to feel or maybe believe the lie that we're supposed to pick or have to pick one or the other. But God is asking us to pursue spiritual gifts, to be open and desirous of spiritual experiences that warm our hearts while pursuing godly character and a life of spiritual discipline. It's like two wings on an eagle. Together they give balance and life to the bird, and we need to have the wings of structure and devotion, of fire and passion and structure and stability together to give us the life of balance the Lord wants us to have. But many of us, because we've seen excesses in one arena or the other, have a tendency to just sort of pick one and exclude the other. So I think it's important for us to really think about what the Holy Spirit is like so that we know what to look for as we engage. So over the next few moments, I'm just going to share a number of things that I believe about the Holy Spirit, things that I've seen in Scripture and in my own life with God to give us a sense of the character of the Holy Spirit, uh, the essence or the nature of the Holy Spirit, because we need to know what the Spirit is like. If we don't, then I think that we're always guessing about who it is that we're dealing with. 
And like we said on Monday, for many of us, the Holy Spirit is like that weird uncle at your family reunion, right? We're told that the Spirit is part of the Holy Trinity, but frankly, we hold him at arm's length because we're not sure exactly what it is that he does and what he's supposed to be like. So I'm going to tell you now what I think the Holy Spirit is like. Number one, the Holy Spirit if there is one, is the introverted person of the Holy Trinity. The Holy Spirit, some have said, is shy. And in our last episode, we we reflected upon the fact that the Holy Spirit won't kick our doors down, um, that the Spirit comes to us in quiet places and spaces. And if we're honest, we'll recognize and admit that our world and maybe even our souls are anything but quiet. This is why I believe that we have to carve out real space, like real quantifiable, intentional space. Because if we don't, we're going to miss so much of what the Holy Spirit has to offer us. The Holy Spirit will be experienced by you and me as we learn to step aside, to slow down, to slow down our schedules, but also to slow down what's going on inside our heads and our hearts. Y'all, there's a lot of clutter a lot of traffic sometimes happening inside of us. And I believe that as a result of uh, unmitigated uh, clutter and fullness in our hearts and minds, we miss so much of what the Holy Spirit has to offer. If you could begin to think of the Holy Spirit as an introvert, and I would just encourage you to stop and think about introverts in your life uh, that you love. Like my wife, I, I'm as far on the extrovert side of the continuum as you can get. My wife is an introvert. Karen is an introvert. And it took me many years in our relationship to realize that I was missing out on so much of the treasure of who she was simply because I was always in a hurry or I was filling every space with words. Similarly, the Holy Spirit's goodness will not become evident, powerfully evident to us if we don't tend to quiet spaces. Introverts blossom in quiet spaces and reflective spaces. And I would submit to you that the Holy Spirit will become more and more obvious to you, more and more manifest to you as you step into quiet spaces, places that are conducive to a shy person emerging. So the Holy Spirit is shy. The Holy Spirit is an introvert. And hear me, Um, I don't mean that the Holy Spirit is painfully shy. I'm just saying that if you're in a hurry, if you value head over heart, if you are externalized rather than learning to tend to your insides, your center, you're going to miss some of what the Holy Spirit has to offer. It's like that burning bush. If you don't step aside, you may miss the burning bush. You have to look aside. You have to see it. The second thing I want to say to you about the Holy Spirit in terms of his character is that the Holy Spirit is true and authentic. The scripture refers to the Spirit as the Spirit of truth. Paraclete, that word we looked at on Monday, the Greek word paraclete, one who walks beside. That's how the Spirit leads us, by walking beside us, by journeying with us, leading us into an authentic encounter of God. And so when the Holy Spirit speaks, and every day when I read my Bible, I ask the Holy Spirit, I say, Holy Spirit, illumine my heart and my mind to receive the word of God because you are true and authentic. You lead me into an experience of that which is true and authentic. And I believe that that's when the Holy Spirit is able to easily come into my heart and my mind and my devotional time and and re- cause truth to resonate in my soul and my center. Y'all, the Holy Spirit longs to walk beside you and speak truth in your ear, not necessarily always shouting you down. 
God doesn't lead us from behind. He doesn't lead us from way out in front in the Holy Spirit. Um, And many of us have a view of God that's similar to one of those. God's either running so far out in front of you that you can't keep up with what he might be doing or thinking, or you maybe feel like God is like a taskmaster behind you, driving you. The Holy Spirit actually walks beside us. Jesus promised us that we would have a true and authentic traveling companion who would be beside us. And a big part of this with you in, in a true and authentic way is this reality that the Holy Spirit illuminates The scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit takes what is Jesus's and makes it known to us. He gives us insight and wisdom. And I would say to you that one of the things that you need to be looking for is you are evaluating, is this the Holy Spirit working in my life? Is this the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Is is it true and authentic? Is it resonant with the word? Is it illuminating? Do I feel like I'm receiving insight and wisdom? I find that on a regular basis, I feel like the Holy Spirit opens up my mind, my eyes, my heart to see something true and hold it, carry it with me. It's one of the reasons why Karen asked us at the end of our podcast episodes, what stood out to you? Carry it with you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's part of what the Holy Spirit does is he gives us insight. The third thing that the Holy Spirit is, is the Holy Spirit is constant and faithful. Jesus says the Spirit will be with us forever, even to the end of the age. The Spirit reminds you and me that we're not alone. Let's think about that word again, the paraclete, one who walks alongside. I think we need reminding of this now, maybe more than ever before, that we don't have to fight our battles alone on our own strength. We don't have to solve all the problems around us in our own strength. God wants us to participate with him, but not solve by ourselves. The scripture calls the Holy Spirit the comforter, and that's such an amazing word. And I think it speaks to this constant faithful presence. Many of us, you know, when we think about a comforter, we think about that blanket that's um, maybe draped over the edge of your sofa. And that's not a bad way to think about a comforter, uh, but it's not the only way to think about a comforter. Um, The word comforter in the Latin language comes from the word fortis, comfort, fortis. And if you have any musical experience, you know that fortis means strong, bold. Uh, The word actually means comforter, means to make strong, one who would instill or stir strength in you. The Holy Spirit encourages us. Think about that word, fill with courage, not just make us feel better about ourselves, but to fill us with courage. And one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit that I think goes unnoticed or maybe underappreciated is that the Holy Spirit is constant and faithful and able to stir courage and strengthen us because of his faithfulness. The Holy Spirit longs to make you brave, to help us face our fears, to press into places where we might feel vulnerable and weak. And I'll just say this to you, the more I'm around the Holy Spirit, the more I invite the Holy Spirit, that ancient prayer of the church, come Holy Spirit, that's a prayer I pray every day. The more I'm able to do that, the more I'm then able to lean into my fears and remain present to God and other people, even when I feel uncertain or afraid. I had a dear brother reach out to me today after a sermon that I preached uh, via email, and he said, um, you know, Jesus, does Jesus ask us to not be afraid, or does Jesus invite us to move forward even when we are afraid, or maybe especially when we are afraid? I think it's the latter. And one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to encourage me, to comfort me, so that I'm able to face my fear and say, God, but I'm not alone. 
The fourth thing I want to say in terms of a characteristic relating to the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is winsome and welcoming. The Holy Spirit is an includer. It's the essence, the character of the Holy Spirit is to include us, to invite us into what God's doing. St. Augustine, who was a church father from Africa um, many, many, many hundreds and hundreds of years ago, really back in the early days of the church, this is what he says about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, according to Augustine, is the bond of love who binds the Father and Son together and is the full expression of the love that is between Jesus and the church. And so Augustine thought of the Holy Spirit as like a glue of love that welcomes us into what God's doing and what other Christians are experiencing. The disciples, you, me, the Holy Spirit wants to introduce us to what God's doing. If you're a part of our church uh, at Trinity, we have Andre Rublov's uh, icon of the Holy Trinity pasted all over our walls. I actually have it tattooed on on one of my arms. I love that image so much. And one of the things I love about Rublov's icon is that it shows the Father, Son, and Spirit sitting at a table, at a supper table, and there's an open space in the front where I would be looking at the icon seemingly in, inviting me into fellowship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit is a welcoming presence of God, inviting us to come into, to break bread with, to experience the beautiful community that God has to offer. And in that sense, just by the fact of the nature of who the Holy Spirit is, the Holy Spirit longs to undermine loneliness and isolation in us. The Holy Spirit connects you and me to who God is, what God's doing, and what's happening in the worldwide church. The Holy Spirit is a welcoming, winsome connector. That's just who he is. And finally, I want to say this. The Holy Spirit is full of life. The Holy Spirit, or another way to maybe say that is the Holy Spirit is lively. And I don't know about you, but I could use some lively in my life right now. So much of Christianity is just so serious. And y'all, there, there is a place to be really serious about things, even somber but there's also a time for us to experience lively joy and robust hope and life and power. And one of the character traits of the Holy Spirit is that he is full of life and power, new life. In the Hebrew language, the word for spirit or breath is ruach. Ruach is this Hebrew word that meant life and breath. And it's a word that was used to describe the spirit of God. And if you're, you'll remember in the Old Testament, in the book of Ezekiel, when the prophet Ezekiel saw the valley of dry bones, it was the breath of God that breathed into that which was dead and brought it back to life. The Holy Spirit wants to bring new life into you and into me. He is lively. And y'all, this is where as Christians, when we sing and when we pray and when we speak about God and we think about God, when we get out in nature and we look for the wonders of God and creation, it's meant to stir life in us. Y'all, we're supposed to be joyful and hopeful. We're supposed to bear up under hardship with an expectation of tomorrow, with the hope of tomorrow. And one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit, one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit is life. And so I just want to ask you, is your tank running low right now? Where might you benefit from an infusion of life? 
We're going to be talking about this more in the days and weeks ahead, how the Holy Spirit actually does the work of breathing life into us. We're going to specifically look at Acts 2, but for now, I just want to say to you, the Holy Spirit wants to be lively and stir life in you. So let's receive the Holy Spirit. Let's go back and pray that prayer that was one of the earliest prayers of the Christian church. Come Holy Spirit. Those three words, as powerful as it gets, come Holy Spirit. It's an invocation, an invitation for us to say to God, to the person of the Holy Spirit, come close to me and be who you are near to me. We receive more from God by being aware of proximity than any other thing. Come and be with me. And remember, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Holy Spirit has come. So on Friday, we're going to engage in a spiritual practice to help us press further into work of the Spirit. And I am so excited, so looking forward to it. But first, let's pray, and then I'll turn you loose. God, I ask you to speak to my friends here that you would help us, Lord, in this place to remember that we are called by you to tend to the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, for this opportunity to think a little bit deeply, a little more about who the Holy Spirit is and what he's like. And we pray, God, that we would receive it and that we would welcome you as we walk forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we end, remember, our goal is to learn to reflect on and respond to God's renewing work in our everyday lives. So take some time to recall an idea or image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. Carry this with you into your day as a conversation starter between you and God. Allow him to show you how it connects to your life right now. What does he want you to know or do? And how will you respond? Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back with us here next time at Renewing the Center.